Well, welcome to Rise Church, whether you're joining us here in person or you're joining us online. We want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we always encourage, if you're a guest with us, to try us out three times because who knows, it may have been just an off week. And uh, obviously, I'm not our senior pastor. I'm an executive pastor. He's on vacation this week. And uh, after preaching, I think, like 15 weeks straight without taking a break, which is usually a lot more than we want him to preach in a row, but obviously with everything that happened, we wanted to continue on, and and, and he uh, preached all those weeks. So he's on vacation this week, and so again, if you're watching online, uh, take the time to share, uh, repost that. If you're if you're here in person, take the time to check in. And uh, as a church, we have uh, five values, and it's things that we value. We have a mission statement, we have vision, but we have our values, and our five values go like this. Number one value is the Bible. We value the Bible. We believe it is God's Word speaking to us. Number two is our mission. We believe in living on mission. We believe in a mission of reaching people and building lives. It's who we are here. Uh, We have a spiritual family, and so we look at churches more than just a, a, a gathering. It is a family of believers together. We believe in generosity, number four, which means we live open-handed under God because we see God was generous with us, and so we are generous with him and with others. And then lastly, development. Development simply means this. We believe that's the same word for discipleship, and it's this taking a step towards being more like Jesus. And so there are certain things we can do. I want to focus on my message today is actually going to focus on the development. It's going to be within that uh, sector is what thing can we do? There's many different things we can do to become more like Jesus. But one of the things that we can do is prayer. And uh, I want to break down for you today prayer because prayer uh, can be, uh, you know, a kind of a mysterious thing to some people. It's like, you know, I don't know if you're like me and you've ever asked the questions like, is anyone listening to my prayers? Is anyone out there as I pray, God, are you listening? Do you hear me when I pray? And would anybody be honest and say you've ever felt that way? Like, God, I don't know if you even hear me. Uh, you know, another thing when it comes to prayer is like, uh, what if I say the wrong words? Uh, what if I say the wrong thing? How does God answer prayers? How can I assure that God answers my prayers? We all ask ourselves these questions. Sometimes we can even go through a time of like, why waste time? It doesn't seem like anyone's listening. But Jesus taught us about prayer. He shared about prayer. And, and so I want to define what prayer is today as we talk a little bit about prayer. What is prayer? Uh, prayer is this. It's talking and listening to God. That is simply the, the most simple, boil it down definition of prayer that we can have. It's talking and listening to God. It's supposed to be a dialogue. It's supposed to be a conversation with God. And, and so when it comes to that, is like when we have a relationship with someone, uh, the deeper the relationship goes, the deeper the conversation can go. You know, uh, not only do I work for Pastor Aaron as the executive pastor here, uh, he is my friend, and he's been my friend for years. And before, you know, we knew each other in the past, and, and uh, we're not just simply co-workers or co-laborers in the, the harvest together. We are actually friends, and we enjoy each other's company. And, we, and one of the things about enjoying each other's company is we share stories with one another. We share laughs with one another. We share conversations with one another. <clears throat> and truly, 
when it comes down to it, we love to talk to one another, and our conversations reflect that because it's a relationship, it's a friendship. And I remember on one trip we were, we were taking, and uh, often we would get roomed together on trips we were taking at our previous church, and uh, we were up late telling stories. And I made him laugh so hard with a story that I told that he's like, I think I cracked a rib. Um, and so that's the kind of relationship we have. And that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us, that one of delight in spending time with him. And so Jesus, when he was on the earth, he gave us several examples of what prayer should be. And one of those, if you're familiar with it, and if you grew up in church or around church or you knew someone who went to church, you may be familiar with this, called the Lord's Prayer. And so let's break, today what I'm going to do in this message that I'm entitling, posturing, I want to break down the Lord's Prayer for you. This message is called Posturing. Let's check out what Jesus said. He said, in this manner, therefore pray. So in other words, what he's saying, in this manner, here is a template, here is a posture of prayer that you should have. He wasn't saying, hey, this is exactly what you should pray. He said, in this manner, here's what you should pray. And so then Jesus breaks it down. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He starts off with uh, that right there. Then he goes on to verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. That was the New King James version of that. So some of you may have been more familiar with the King James and the, the older English version of that. I wanted to do the New King James. And here's the thing about the Lord's Prayer. If we grew up in a tradition where they prayed this regularly, or we've read it maybe regularly, or we've prayed it ourselves regularly, here's what happens. After a while, we, we become so familiar with it that we're not familiar with it at all. Does that make sense? We've, we've, we've said it so much that we don't even know what we're reading. We almost mindlessly repeat it because we, 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 we've said it so much that what Jesus is showing here in this simple yet complex prayer is he's giving us the posture of prayer that we need to take. He's giving us a recipe for answered prayer. He's giving us a template for a fulfilling prayer life with God. And you know, when I speak to someone my posture changes based on who I'm speaking to. And so if I'm speaking to God, my posture must be different. If I'm speaking to a child, you know what I'll do when I'm speaking to a kid and I want them to know that I'm listening to them? What do you think I do? I get down. That's a different posture. Now, if I'm speaking with somebody who's, you know, a mayor, a governor, a leader of some sort, my posture is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to have a posture of honor for them. 
And so for God, we must have the right posture. So I want to talk to you today about how to have the right posture in prayer. I'm going to give you five things that the Lord's Prayer shows us to have the right posture in prayer. And they're all, they all start with P. So the first one is this perspective. Perspective. We must have the right perspective. He starts off this prayer with this. Our Father. What does that denote? Relationship. And in fact, some of Jesus' quarrels with the Pharisees, the religious rulers of his day, actually came in the fact that Jesus said, God is our Father. He had quarrels based on that relationship that he talked about. And then, and then our second part, he says, in heaven, where God is positionally to us. So by that, I mean this. God sits in heaven high above all that we face in earth. All that we are praying about, all that we are going through, all that we are experiencing, every circumstance we have, God sits in the heavens high above that. That is where perspective comes in, understanding that God is high above. He is our Father. That means He cares. There's a relationship. He loves us. He has grace for us. He has mercy for us. He is in heaven, high above everything that we face positionally. And then thirdly, it says this, he is, uh, he says, hallowed be your name. Pray, and what, what that means is we're going to praise him, we're going to revere him as holy. In other words, what we're saying here is, here we understand he's our father. We understand he's in heaven, and we're going to praise him and lift him up because all glory belongs to him. All praise belongs to him. All honor belongs to God. That is our perspective that we put our issue that we're going through, we put our circumstance that we're going through, that we put whatever we're asking for in light of God. That changes the way that we approach that conversation. So we have the right perspective. Number two, purpose. Purpose. We have to have understanding of our purpose. Jesus said this. He said, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? What is Jesus referring to here? Because there's some debate over this. Because often what we think of as the kingdom of God is what? Heaven. Because there is the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. That, that those terminology seem to be interchangeable through the Gospels. And so one day, uh, the kingdom is not just a future, here is the kingdom of God, it's both our future hope and our present way of living. It's both future, yes, it is heaven someday, but it is present, it's the way we live, think, interact, and conduct our lives today. That is what the kingdom of God is. And Jesus talked about this, so in the prayer he said, your kingdom come, but as the Pharisees come to him one day, here in Luke 17... He says this, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Now understand what their perspective of the kingdom of God was, the Pharisees in the, that century. They believed the kingdom of God would be God coming back and delivering them from Roman oppression, Roman rule. They were looking for a physical kingdom of God. 
like God to restore the kingdom of Israel back so that they were no longer under Roman rule. Notice Jesus doesn't even address that. He answers it like this. He replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. He said, it's already here. They're like, uh, no, it's not. So in our thoughts on the kingdom of God, it's not a present ruling kingdom. It's not a one-day ruling kingdom. It is both our present hope right now that eventually we'll be in heaven and our life that we live right now here on the earth. Next up, he says this. As we understand that, where the, we understand the kingdom, he says this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our role is to align our lives here on the earth with that of what God is doing in heaven. That our life should be a reflection of what heaven is going to look like. Now, we can never fully be that because we are in a fallen world that since the fall of man in the garden, we are in a fallen world. But our hearts should be aligned with the purpose of heaven. That we understand, again, we have that perspective of where God is. And when we align our purpose, it is our job to align with God. It's not God's job to align with our wants, needs, requests, opinions. It's our job to align with Him. Our prayers are a pathway that needs to be aligned so that God can bring. They need to be a road from heaven so that God can bring heaven to earth. That's what Jesus is saying here. And I remember the first church I worked at, we had a bus ministry. And so in our bus ministry, what we would do is we would go pick up uh, elementary school children and uh, you know middle schoolers, high schoolers. We'd go pick them up and bring them to church on the weekend. We'd feed them afterwards. But one time, someone donated a bus to the church because they know knew that we uh, would reach these kids and, and minister to them. But after a while, and this bus just had issues. Okay, when one day while the bus driver was driving it down the road, the back axle came loose. I don't even know how to describe what happened, but it's not supposed to turn. It's supposed to stay straight. But it started to turn because it had come loose. It had broken loose. And because that it broke loose, it would not go straight. If after you turned, it would start to try to like, the back end would try to, and so it was out of alignment. It wouldn't go down the road in the right way. And when we are not aligned with God's purpose, we're, we're, we're out of alignment. We're, we're, what are, where are we going? And that's dangerous. You don't want to have kids on the school bus when that's happening. And I remember following the bus driver to the shop. And man, I was like, oh, no, no, we're like going to hit somebody. Now, we didn't hit anybody. It was dangerous, though. It was dangerous. And when we are living our life out of alignment, well, we're dangerous. And we're like, why is God not answering my prayers? Well, you're all over the place. 
Like you're not even, you're not even in the right direction here. So we've got to be in the right direction. We have the right perspective. We have the right purpose. That leads us to the next, the third thing, and that is provision. Provision. Look at what Jesus said here. Now, this is Jesus. Would you not agree, whether you're watching there online or you're here, you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, church online, or you're here in person, would you not agree that everything Jesus said was on purpose for a purpose. Do you think he ever said anything that was an accident? No. Look what he, how he phrases this. Give us today our daily bread. You could define him that as today saying, provide for our needs. Give me, my, give me, give me Lord, what I need. Like Jesus like, maybe you should say, like, please, Lord, might I have a morsel of bread? Because that's how we treat God, right? That's how religion makes us approach God. But here's Jesus, and he's like, give us today our daily bread. Looked it up in the Greek. It's still, give us today our daily bread. Like, provide for our needs, Lord. There's like some boldness there. There's some boldness there. And Jesus taught on this multiple times. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Jesus again teaching. This is Jesus saying this. I tell you the truth. He's saying, I ain't lying. You can say to this mountain, he's passing up a mountain, he's pointing to a mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Verse 24, I tell you, he's saying again, I'm telling you. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Well, Jesus, hold on a minute. I prayed one time and I didn't get the answer. He said, believe that you receive. What is our part in that prayer? Our part, love what John Wesley said. Check this quote out. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Heard someone else say it this way. God honors bold prayers. He honors bold prayers. Our part in praying is to do the asking. God's part in prayer is to do the answering. But, but, but you don't know. I prayed for my grandma and she didn't. Our part in prayer is to do the asking. God's part in prayer is to do the answering. Well, I've been prayed 99 times and I haven't seen it. Our part in prayer is to do the asking. God's part in prayer is to do the answering. Why are you worried about God's part? Be worried about your part. Don't be concerned with God's part. Be concerned with your part. What are you supposed to do? Ask in prayer. Ask pray bold prayers. Believe you receive. Speak to the mountain. Love it what Jesus said here in John 14. He said, whatever. Multiple times. Again, we've got to multi I, I wanted to do some extra scripture on this one because I knew, but I don't know if I believe all that, Pastor Jason. You don't have to. You should believe Jesus, though. He said, whatever you ask 
in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It glorifies God when we ask bold prayers, when we speak bold prayers, when we have bold requests before God. We have the right perspective. We, we are aligned in our purpose. We're asking for provision in faith. And number four is this, pardon, pardon, pardon. What Jesus said here, he said this, forgive us our debts. Why is this the next thing in the prayer? It's the next thing in the prayer because this, if you feel like you're in trouble with God, that your relationship with God is not right, that you're not right with Him, your belief, your posture will be this. I don't know if He's really going to listen to me because I'm in trouble. Think about it when you were a kid or if you're a parent and your kids have gotten in trouble. You know, I remember getting grounded for smarting off to my mom once. Maybe, oh no, it was more than once, but just one particular time. That was how I always got in trouble, my mouth. Still today, uh, someday I'll learn. I remember I got in trouble and I was supposed to go to the movies with my friends and I didn't even ask after that because I was grounded. I'm in trouble. I can't ask. And when you feel like you're in trouble with God, here's what will happen. You'll say, well, I don't want to ask God for anything because I, I, I'm a sinner. We all are. But that is the magnificence of the cross. That we're made right with God, not by anything that we have done or have not done. We are made right with God by the completed, finished, it is done work of the cross, what Jesus did. And the Bible tells us that his sacrifice, or in those terms of that day, his blood speaks of better things. So in other words, his sacrifice speaks louder than any sin, any mistake. Come on. Mm. That's a good word. Next up, he says this. Not only do we forgive our debtors, he says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So we are forgiven. We understand we're forgiven. And we have to walk in forgiveness towards others. We have to let go of grudges. We have to let go of unforgiveness. We have to let go of bitterness. We have to make those relationships right. Why is that important? Because time after time, Jesus actually equates answered prayer with forgiving others. That scripture in Mark that we just read, read the next verse. He talks about that if you don't forgive, God's not going to hear you. Read this, and then next up, right after the Lord's Prayer, actually in Matthew 6.14, he completes up prayer, and he, he wants to make a point here. He repeats, because that's a, a, a theme in, 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 in Hebrew teaching. It's like if you repeat something, it's like, man, I really want to make a point. He says this, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive, uh, will also forgive you. In other words, you're going to reap what you sow there. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Part of our posture of prayer that we have to take is forgiveness, is walking in that. Because it really distracts us to not forgive. It distracts us from our purpose. It distracts us from the right perspective. 
It distracts us and it causes us to walk in bitterness and poison of the soul. And so I remember, and I've told this story before, and I know many of you are new, so you may not have heard you know, the whole story, but you know, my parents divorced when I was young and didn't see my dad from about age 10 to 38. It was 28 years of my life I didn't see him, and towards the end there, I, I got to reconnect with him, and I hadn't seen him, like I said, for 28 years, wasn't in my life, you know, my first interaction with him, you know, no child support, no birthday cards, no birthday calls, we didn't have text back then, so there was no birthday text, and I went to see him in the hospital, he had colon cancer, and you know, stage four, it was bad, he was, you know, weeks to live, and went to see him in the hospital, and the first thing he said is like, are you Jason? It's like, yeah, that's what you want to hear from after 28 years. You don't even know me. And of course, like that, I got like, oh, I'm just like all the years of anger and like, you know, and I was like, you know, I, I, I probably had told people like, I'm totally forgiving my dad, you know, no, no problem. But in that moment, I'm like, ugh, I just, just, ugh, can't believe it. And I'm like showing them pictures of my family, like, look, I didn't need you. And, and this whole, like, I have all these things and I want to tell them off. And he's trying to get, bring excuses to why things have happened. And it's your mom's fault. I, I didn't do this and this, this happened. And, you know, and he's full of bitterness and anger. And I'm like, I can't be like this. I don't want to be. I don't want to end up like this. Because while he's dying of cancer of the colon, he's really dying of cancer of the soul at the same time. And I just heard God speak to me, quiet, still voice. He's my son, too. He's your dad, but he's my son. And I said, hey, I don't need any excuses. I released you. You owe me no debt. You owe me no debt. And we got to have some, you know, good moments after that. But my encouragement to you is, who can you forgive? So we have the right perspective. We are aligned in our purpose we're asking for provision. We're pardoning. We understand we have been pardoned and we pardon others. Last thing is protection. Protection, protection. Jesus said this, and lead us not into temptation. I love what I read about this. Somebody was paraphrasing it. What Jesus is saying here is, lead us away from situations where we are vulnerable and have the opportunity to sin. Lead us with wisdom. Lead us into wisdom. God does not tempt man, James 1.13, but he does allow man to be tested. So, Lord, we ask that we not be led into temptation. He says here, but deliver us from the evil one. It's our prayer that we are delivered from the evil one and all of his plans for us. Because as much as God has a plan for us, the enemy has a plan for us too, and it's to derail us from God's plan. In the book of Psalm, we see this, Psalm 141.9. Keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me and from the snares of those who do evil. Jesus ends this prayer, this mighty prayer with this. He says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. We see a repeat of some of the themes. We, we talked about the kingdom. He talk, the power and the glory, that's a, that's a reference back to, to hallowed be his name, that he sits in heaven, that we understand that. Jesus repeats these things to, to make a point. And so you say, well, Pastor Jason, how can I take that and make that a pattern and a template? Here's simply how you could do it. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. I'll, let me show you how I prayed this prayer today on the way here. So I've given you the precept of God's word, line upon line, line upon line. I've shared God's word. Now let me give you an example of how I simply do this in my life. So on the way here, I prayed, Father God, I just lift you up. I praise you that you are a good father. I worship you. And I know that you're all powerful and you're all glorious. That's perspective. Lord, I pray today that my words would be your words, that I would reflect your heart. That's purpose. Lord, today give me strength. Keep my family whole. Keep my family healthy. Heal our land as we humble ourselves before you. That's provision. Lord, I thank you for the finished work of the cross. I thank you that I'm forgiven. And I forgive, and then I just started naming names of people. And I said, I release them from debt. Now, I'm not going to give you their names because they're probably watching. You know, I don't want anybody. That's pardon. And I said, Lord, I thank you that you're keeping my family healthy. You're keeping us strong. You're keeping us on purpose. That the, that the plans of the enemy are no effect. His traps, his snares are no effect against my family. In Jesus' name I pray. That's protection. That is a template. That's the relationship we want, God wants to have with us.